Welcome to the Life Church. We are so excited that you've tuned into our program to listen to a wonderful message. On behalf of Pastor Walt Landers, our senior pastor, we just want to say thank you. Our mission here at the Life Church is to connect people with God's purpose. If you don't already have a church home, we want to invite you to join us at 3301 TLC Way. Now let's prepare our hearts to receive a word from God through this morning's message. Well, this morning we're going to, uh, you know, we're in a series called We Matter. Now, we have been um, in a uh, series called You Matter. Come on, You Matter, right? And in that, we really clarified that every single person has significance, that, that you're not just a number, you know, God didn't somehow, you, you wasn't born, and, and, and somehow God looked at you and went, somebody slap his mama. No. <laughs> God didn't say, say, man, what am I going to do with this guy, Walt Landers? Uh, he didn't do that. No, with, with, there was purpose. There was by divine design. And so uh, we, we understand that. But, uh, but as we move forward, we want to look at now we matter because collectively there's something that happens that God has called us to. And, and so we're going we're to talk about the power of we. The power of we. Because uh, there are things that will only be accomplished when we come together. And I believe this is why Satan fights so hard in this area. He is a master of division. I, I'm telling you, he, he, he wants to divide households, families, um, mommies and daddies, but uh, he wants, you know, husbands and wives. He wants, you know, with, with parents and their children. He wants churches divided. He wants a nation divided. I said he wants a nation divided. And, and it's sad. The, the day and age that, that we live in, it is, it is a sad day that we're allowing. See, sometimes we just look at, well, we just got differences. Uh, sometimes the reality is, is those differences are spiritually driven from a demonic influence of division that wants to divide. The enemy knows if he can divide, he can conquer. And so we've got to make sure that there is the power of we, that there is a spirit of unity. And every time when you see unity throughout the Scripture, there is something incredible that can happen. There is, there is a blessing that comes. Psalm 133 talks about this special blessing comes from unity. And, and you see, even the danger of it, if it's directed in the wrong direction, like the, like the Tower of Babel, where they were coming together to do something evil and and basically god looked looked upon mankind and is like if we don't do something to even separate their language and create this 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 separation that nothing would be impossible why because they had a unity something powerful happens when we really come together and every every successful team you'll you'll see that happen how many just I don't know about you, but I, I know that we've got our own school and everything. We play against them. But how many, look at Wall, look at the accomplishment of that. Wow. State champs, 3A baseball, man. I mean, that's awesome. And, uh, and it wasn't just the individuality of those players. It was them coming together as a team. And I, and I, and I saw some thread on, on some of the, the, uh, the baseball dipped and died, you know, baseball folks that, that I personally know and some of their comments. And there, there was a whole lot of comments about the amazing coach that they have. Yeah, he's part of the team. 
Well, he may not take the field, but he's still part of the team. And every successful team, you'll see that they have come together. It's, it's not that each one individually are just individuals. No, they've had to come together. Every successful, I, I, I know that basketball is going, I won't, won't go into great detail on that. You know, I'm a, I, I love basketball, but I love what Kawhi Linder, you know, he's just, he's just so humble and, and, and all. And, and, uh, and through a lot of the playoffs, he hasn't really exploded. In game three, it was a dry first quarter there, and, and, and all of a sudden Kawhi is just like he came alive, and he took on and just boom, 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 boom. And, and uh, so they're interviewing him, and, you know, it's, I mean, this is, this is still entertainment, folks. I know it's sports and it's entertainment, and you got the, the you know the, the the person with the microphone and trying to trying to make a, a deal out of it and trying to get him to brag on himself just wasn't going to happen. And he's like, well, he's like, you know, we just all do our part, you know, and it's just it's just team effort, and and whoever's hot got the hot hand that night. We just run with it. Thought that's team, right? The guy's a superstar, but he still, he knows he can't do it alone. And we have to understand the power of we. If do certain things. There. And here this morning, I want us to look at that. And we're going, we're going to look at some key things that I think will help us maybe understand what does it take to really have the power of we. And the first thing that, that I want to I look at is what happens is there has to be a common cause. You've got to have a cause in this thing. If there's not something that unites us, that we can rally together, that we can come together on, then, then there, there, you tend to just kind of be in dysfunction. That's why I'm strong in, even with our, with our church, with our, our school, in our organization. It's, it's, it's really mission, vision, values. Because if we lose sight of mission, vision, values, then we don't, we don't stay on course. We don't stay on task. We don't stay on mission. You've got to, and that's always got to be kept before you. If, you, if you've got a business, if you have, have something that, that you oversee, you, you, you may need to consider that. It, it just, don't, don't let it just be, well, this is what we do. No, well, how, how do you do it? Why do you do it? No, there, there are some things, you know, of, of, that need to be considered in that. And, and I believe that through that you can develop mission, vision, and values to what you do. So that, I had one of our business guys came out of this first service. He said he, said, he took his notes and sent them to his whole staff. <laughs> He's like, this will work in the workplace. Like, yeah, it'll work anywhere. It's the Word of God, right? And so, but the reality is, is Jesus, when he showed up, he was mission-driven. He said, for this purpose did I come, but to seek and to save that which is lost. So he knew personally his own mission, and that correlated to his team so that the first passage that I want to look at here this morning is Mark chapter 1, verse 17 says, Then Jesus said to them, Follow me, and I will make you become fishers of men. Follow me, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to help d- create this, this, this amazing cause for you to live your life towards reaching others. 
See, I, I, I don't want us just to get caught in this thing of just church to have church. That, that ultimately, and, and we're headed somewhere in this, we, we, we focused on you matter. We want you to know the, the individual aspect of how much God loves you. That if you were the only person that needed salvation, I believe God would have still sent Jesus. That it's about you. But now, it's about we, but in the we, at some point we're going to talk about they, because they matter. But this morning, as we think about we, think about still the call, because I believe that Jesus in his mission has not changed. That he's still telling disciples, come on, are you, are you a disciple today? Are you a follower of Christ? He's still telling his followers I want to make you a fisher of men. This is, this is about us collectively coming together and learning how to even reach other people. It's a common cause, folks. It's, it's what we are, who we are. As a church, to, to connect to God's purpose is, is the most greatest fulfilling thing that you will ever experience. You can have a lot of different, you know, neat little things happen through life, and, and you can have ups and you can have downs, and there can be all kinds of things. But, but the reality is, is true fulfillment, true significance happens when we connect our lives to His purpose. Well, what's His purpose? His purpose is people. He so loved the world. It's about people, there's a cause. He's still connecting us to people. I love our, our missions team. Um, you know, this year, you know, we, we've, and we still have, you know, some folks that'll do maybe some of the global ventures and, and just hardcore evangelism and outreach. But we've had, for, for a few years, we've had a team of people that, that have said, we want to go work. It's like, well, what better place than to send you to Botswana, Africa, where it's nice and dry and hot, and we need to be praying. They're in drought, so it's, it's really dry. When they're, when, they're, when they're having nosebleeds, you know, just from dryness. <laughs> See, we just thought it was, well, it's not been dry in West Texas, has it? <laughs> We've had plenty of water. But, you know, whenever I think about the Lorada House and, and um, the orphanage that, that uh, Pastor Jerry and Miss Jana, that they've, they've, man, they've been there for 30 years. It's amazing the work that they've raised up and are doing there in Africa. But, you know, the writer, Jesus half-brother James wrote, said, true Christianity, listen to this, true Christianity is to take care of the widows and the orphans. And I thank God that this church is involved in that. And that's a big part of what we're doing right there this week and next week with, with the Lorado house because it's an orphanage and a lot of those kids, they're the disabled kids that... that I mean, they're, you know, they'll really, really, it'll be a, a real God thing for any of them to, to be adopted. And, and yet our team is over there. They're spending some time. They're loving on them and caring for them. But they're painting. They're doing tile work. They're plumbing. <laughs> Scott Nelson went, you know, he's headed, he, he does our maintenance for the church. He's never been on an airplane. And he goes to Africa for his first plane ride. That's like crazy. Come on, Rex. <laughs> he, he goes to Africa, and he's loving it, man. He's over there doing his thing. 
And that team, they are in there, and they're making a hand. They're making a difference. And that, they're getting there. Joanne was telling me how sore she was. <laughs> yeah. They had, fortunately, a down day. The Sabbath is the day. <laughs> so they're getting a Sunday rest before they hit it again. But again, we as a church are doing that. Yes, there's eight of our very own that's over there. But we raised some money, and, and with those supplies and materials and things, we bought it. We're, listen, it will live on as a tool to minister to orphans and to some widows that work in there. Whew. Team. But there's a cause. It's about people. With whatever we do, I try to gauge everything that we do on the basis of what is the eternal impact? How is it affecting people? Is God doing something that is, that is sometimes bigger than us? Because sometimes the reality is you don't know the potential that lies within you. You don't know that. But there's a cause that starts pulling on you. And sometimes you find your way into places you didn't even realize that you had that, right? You don't always know the potential of that, but I believe it's there. But are we willing to connect to the cause of Christ? Are we willing to live beyond ourselves and live life in light of eternity? Of what, what are eternal things? Because if we'll move our lives into that place, Life takes on a different look. Because when you live in that place, you start thinking, all that I do in this life, if it is truly connected to his purpose, to his cause, there's fulfillment, no doubt, in this life, but there are eternal rewards as well. Cause and effect. There are results to our choices and what we do. But are we willing to connect to the cause? This church has a cause. It, we, we, we're, we're about people. We, we know that it's connecting people to his purpose. Are you willing to be a part of that? Jesus is still calling. Come be a part of this. And then the next thing, whenever I look at this, the power of we, is not only does there have to be a common cause, but we need to, we need to, have, we need to be able to complement each other. And too much in, in, in just the world in general, but even in the body of Christ, there's a lot of competition. A lot of competing. And yet the Scripture clearly says, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 10 says, Now I plead with you, brethren. Look at this. Paul is writing to the Corinthian church. He says, I plead with you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. I mean, he's, even, he's up in it. He's throwing the trump card down. In the name of Jesus Christ, that you all speak the same thing and that there be no divisions among you, but that you be perfectly joined together in the same mind, in the same judgment. Again, division. This, this becomes a distraction. It becomes a work of the enemy that if he can truly divide, he can conquer. 
And if, if we will learn that this is about complementing, how do we run our race together? How do we lay down some agendas? How do we, on some of, the, some of the other aspects of those things that would sometimes create competition, that we, we, we don't allow that to override the aspect that we are to complete each other. That we are to, says, be perfectly joined together. And th- that big old long sentence right there, that, that phrase, that run-on that Paul gave... <laughs> He's big on run-ons. That is from one Greek word, katertidzo. And katertidzo has the kind of defined meaning that, that everything needs to be orchestrated for a common cause, to complete each other. You think about your physical makeup and all the different organs and all the aspects of who you are. Hebrews 11 uh, the writer uses it when it says that God set everything in the universe in its proper place. The words katertidzo. Everything had a distinct purpose, and it's set there. It's not to create division. It's to create a, or competition. It's to create a completing together to where we truly are able to come together and not allow divisions to divide us. And you know what? Whenever I see a, a, a bunch of that going on, typically at the root of it, what you see start happening is somebody has their own agenda. You're getting quiet. And I love team. I, whenever I think about just, just the, the teaching team that we have, you know, I've been out a couple of weeks, you know, and it, but it's been incredible. Our team, man, we, 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 I think we rock. I mean, these guys, I mean, I, as a senior leader, I mean, I, I listen to them and I receive Ministry, I, that, I mean, they're doing awesome. And then we've got these other relationships like, my goodness, Pastor Braden last week, wow. What an awesome message. But it's about completing. It's about us coming together and being able to lay some things aside so that divisions don't divide us. See, if we'll understand that, that even within our nation, a whole lot of what's going on, we can look at it from the natural aspects and go, well, I don't believe like that, and, I don't, and we can have our differences. But when it becomes at the heightened level of, of uh, rhetoric, rhetoric and, and, and criticism and um, all the kind of hate and, and, and even violence and stuff that's going on, that's a spirit driving that thing. There's something greater behind that that wants to divide because it weakens us. And it's, and it's a shame that sometimes, I was talking to somebody you know, early on and, uh, and before first service started, and, and they, we hadn't even got to the message yet, but they, they brought up, they were talking about you know, just the concern for America in general, and that unfortunately, it was almost like, a 9-11 happens before we rally and really come together and realize, oh wow, we have a greater enemy out there. There's something that is at work here on a different level 
that we need to be aware of. But again, whether it's, whether it's just from within. Did you, you know some of the greatest uh, governments, emperors, think about the Roman Empire. It wasn't destroyed from outside forces. It was destroyed and brought down from within. Even ungodly governments, if division in all of that begins to take place, it brings destruction. We need to protect, protect unity. Every time you see the spirit of unity, that's why, that's why Ephesians 4 speaks so strongly about that, that Paul writes that we should endeavor to keep the bond of peace with the spirit of unity. That we should endeavor. In other words, we got to work at it. doesn't always come easy. We can always find stuff to divide us, to disagree. But ultimately, if we understand as the body of Christ that God sets members in the church as He pleases and that if we feel called and we feel that place and we come together, then there should be the kind of commitment behind that that says, you know what, what is my role in completing and being a part of this. Well, it takes on a next level, I believe, where it's about full cooperation. Where we genuinely are willing to cooperate together. Every team knows that you first, you've got to learn to work together before you're going to win together. I said, you've got to learn to work together before you're going to win together. Come on, husband, wives, you know what I'm talking about. You got you got to somehow at some point you got to you got to find that place to where it's a sweet spot and it's a rhythm and you begin to you begin to work together there's full cooperation and being able to accomplish what needs to get accomplished especially you start having kids Huh? I mean all of a sudden well who's getting them and who's doing that and who's going there and who's <laughs> There better be some cooperation going on if not, you're going to have some, the other C word called conflict. <laughs> yeah, that means some conflict. But if you're willing to cooperate, they're, they're, again, they, all of a sudden, it, you begin to work together, and then you start winning together. Because a, a good team knows that if you can really start coming together to where you, there is a, there is a, a flow, a, a moving together of of working together for the overall good. See, that, that's why even for me, it's so easy for me to just, because of the team and, the, and the, the, I mean, the folks that we have here, whether it's in the nursery with that rock star team that Miss Amber oversees, whether it's in children's church, you know, with Miss, Miss Sheena and, and, uh, or, or worship team. Come on, how many of like our worship? Wow. Man, Casey. Awesome. And just, but you know what? We're, we're still, even for a Sunday service, the ushers, the greeters, the, the prayer partners, every aspect of it is still all coming together with a common cause, with completing, but then cooperation. How do we get this done? How do we work together to make this better? 
And when we can fully understand that and really do that well, we're going to see God do some incredible stuff. I, uh, let, me, let me read this scripture. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24 and 25. It says, And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. Stir up love and good works. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. Did y'all get that? Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as is the manner of some. See, that tells me there was a common problem throughout history. Even back in those days when the book of Hebrews was written, there was still some that were going, me and Jesus got our own thing going. No, you don't. You believed a lying devil. You have now become ineffective. You have now become a spectator rather than a true participant in the ultimate cause of Christ. Because when you look at the church and what God has done in the, in the church, yeah, that's kingdom business, but the church is so significant in that role of what takes place in the church, in the training, the equipping, the, the empowering, and what happens for us to be able to go out and fulfill God's mission. And we cannot forsake the assembling of ourselves together he says, as the manner of some, but exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. I'm telling you, if they were, if they were getting closer to, to Jesus coming back back then, we're even that much closer now. But here's the thing. That assembling together is so vital. And the, the, the revelation behind that is that it's not just a bunch of individual parts showing up and just being there. It's not about individuals going, well, God, you know, if you really want to use me, you know, you're just going to have to do this. No, you've got to start. All the way through the New Testament, when you see the church from, from the moment and the time that it was birthed, it says that they came, to, they came together in unity and one accord in one place. You see where they met in the temple, then they met house to house. They met in those synagogues, but they had home meetings. Those things worked hand in hand, back and forth. There was an ebb and flow. There was a, there was a rhythm to the church and how, but they met together, and in their coming together, there was divine assignments and connections and things, and you start seeing it as you, as you begin to progress through the book of Acts and on through the rest of the New Testament, you begin to see how they're, how they're calling how God called, like Acts 13. When they're there ministering to the Lord, in other words, they had a congregational meeting, they're worshiping God, and all of a sudden it says the Spirit of God spoke and said, set aside Paul and Silas for the work that I've called them to, or Barnabas. Right? And they begin to go out and do church planning. There, there's something, there's a dynamic that happens in corporate gatherings that you'll never experience just alone by yourself. Even from the anointing of God. There are things that will happen when we come together and we begin to have that common cause to where now 
there is a, there's a completing, but there's a, a cooperation in where, okay, who's going to the heathen? Who's going to the other places that need Jesus? And there was a call of God, and there were things that happened in that, even in the New Testament church early on. And all of a sudden, they, Paul began to lead those teams, and they began to plant churches. And you see the churches that were planted in the, in the region of Galatia, in, the, in the, the church there in Ephesus, and then in Corinth, and, and uh, all the other places, Philippi. And you, you see those churches established because a team was sent out. They didn't went, they were sent. And God did that ultimately through his church, through leadership, and he spoke and he made that happen. We would see, I believe, so much more accomplished when we would connect, if we would truly connect to kingdom business and doing it God's way. God has an order. God has divine design in the way he wants things done. And when we started feeling like that we were having that call to be able to extend over into Arlington, believe me, I had some resistance to that. It's like, Lord, I've got enough to do. (laughs) Come on, how many of you, sometimes you feel like God's speaking to you about some things and it's like, is there anybody else? I mean... I mean, come on, isn't it somewhat comical? You know, we're telling God, look, can't you see I'm a little busy right now? (laughs) And yet you're feeling this tug of, okay, God. Sometimes we don't understand. I I touched on this a little earlier, but I don't want to visit back on this. I hit this in first service, and I I really felt there was some real personal things, and I'm sensing that, that there's maybe some even here in this service that, your capacity and the potential within you. The reality is that most of us don't fully grasp that or understand that. Not totally. You may have some inklings of it, but there's a lot of it that we would completely disqualify ourselves and say, I can't do that. I remember just in the construction world before I ever you know, went into full-time ministry. Well, I was basically full-time ministry even back then. I was youth pastor uh, for the church, but Felt like I was working two full-time jobs. And, uh, but uh, in that, I, before I was sent out to actually go take the small church there in Lockhart, Texas, I was working for a large construction company, and we were at Goodfellow and building all these buildings. It was a, it was a large job. And, and, uh, and as I was there, when I got hired on, I, I knew the man that, uh, that hired me, and he knew me, and then, you know, he came after me. And, 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 uh, and so I became his foreman. But it was supposed to be him as a superintendent, supposed to have an assistant superintendent, and then I was a labor foreman and, and, uh, and overseeing all the heavy equipment and di- different stuff and, and uh, doing some layout. And, and next thing I know, you know, I'm, I'm, I was supposed to be just kind of temporary helping do some of the other things that the assistant superintendent would usually do. And, uh, and they said, well, in a couple of weeks, you know, we'll have a new you know, assistant superintendent. And all of a sudden, a couple of months into it, and he says, well, we're not getting an assistant superintendent. We just got to make do between you and me. And I'm thinking, yeah, they're, they're getting off cheap. <laughs> I'm doing it, right? Have you ever been there? It's like, okay. And, uh, but the re- uh, and, and 
so it gets, it gets even more so. Because then, a couple more months into it, all of a sudden, over in, in, uh, in Lubbock, they, 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 they have this special job with concrete tilt-up walls. And the superintendent, he, he actually uh, specialized in that area. And so he, he said, well, he said, I'm having to pack my stuff. I'm having to leave um, and take that job. And they're going to bring you in a new superintendent. You just got to hold it down a couple of weeks. So those couple of weeks turned into more weeks and more weeks, and I'm thinking, well, when is the superintendent supposed to show up? Because now I'm working a lot of hours. Now here's the reality. The reality was they recognized that I was capable of overseeing that and running that and making that job happen, and they didn't need to replace and put in a superintendent. Now at the beginning of that, if, because I had never aspired or done any work at that level, uh, not, not in that kind of way. I mean, there's a, there's a few hundred employees that were on that job. And in that, I would have discounted myself. If they would have been hiring and said, we need a superintendent to run this job, I'd have went, no way, not me. But like I said, you know, recently, that I think there's another one of those words for God that probably should get added somewhere. It's called Jehovah Sneaky. Well, how many of you ever felt like God snuck up on you? Yeah. <laughs> and he can definitely sneak up on us. But what I realize is that sometimes there's potential within us, capacity within us, that we don't even recognize of what we would be capable of doing, but we won't always fully discover that until we're placed in a situation where maybe we even think we're over our heads there are times that I believe God is speaking God is desiring for some of you to maybe step into an area it may be to start your own business I think we're talking to somebody this morning now, is there some wisdom behind that? Absolutely. You, you need a plan. Don't just jump out there. Don't quit your day job. <laughs> you know, I've watched too many people in ministry try to do that. Like, well, I'm called to the mission field, and boom. Well, now what? How are you funding that? There may be a process... But God may be speaking to you. It may be involving yourself in ministry. Well, how do, how do, how do I start with that? Well, you've got to get started somewhere. Maybe in the school of ministry. It may be volunteering as an usher. It may, like, I, like I've said before, whenever I, when literally on the Sunday that the pastor spoke, called me out in the congregation and spoke to me about that position, taking a senior pastor position, Joanne and I were working in the nursery volunteering in the nursery don't think well if I go back there I mean God will never talk to me oh God will speak to you wherever you go God is there but what better place than just serving him even with the babies I just trying to be faithful to just serve him 
in that. They're, 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 you'll find that as you sometimes get started, then God begins to direct your life. And the potential that's within you, He begins to bring out. You could begin to move into areas and do things that you never thought that you had capacity to do. Are you willing to trust Him? Are you willing to somewhat do like Isaiah the prophet said, Lord, here am I, send me. I don't understand this, but here am I. I'm willing to do my part in this. God, I sense such greatness in this room. Man, I just sense such potential that there are some of you that could accomplish and do so much. Number one, you got to start somewhere, but in a, in a long life's journey, don't blow your life up. I've watched so many people screw their life up making poor choices, making bad decisions, disconnecting, leaving, having moral failure, different things that sometimes you don't, you don't realize the impact and the effect that it can have on you and on the, the things that God wants to use you in. But if you're willing today to step up, my goodness, what God wants to do through your life. Can we stand to our feet? just want to pray for you. Father, I just thank you. God, I thank you for each and every one of these. Lord, I just pray that you just have your way right here. This morning as we just spend this, these next few moments just maybe just turning from maybe some evaluation and some things in the message that maybe stirred our hearts and spoke to us and but God, that right here, Father, that, that we move to this place of saying, God, what do you desire? And that we would each be willing just to respond. Well, heads are bowed and eyes are still closed. If there's some that are here this morning and you need to make Jesus the Lord of your life, it may be for the first time because listen, this isn't about religion. It's about a relationship. God wants each and every one of us to enter into this amazing relationship with Himself. And the Bible calls this being born again, to be born of His Spirit, to where there's something that happens on the inside of us. You can either stay on the outside and look into what God has for you. And I believe God gives you glimpses. I'm still speaking to someone prophetically. I sense such greatness. I sense there is such a powerful person even here this morning that, that God wants to do something with you that's so amazing that it would astonish not only yourself but so many others. But this morning, you've got to stop looking at it on the out, from the outside looking in you got to step in you got to allow him to be really lord of your life of your heart and if you'll do that man god's going to take you 
on an amazing journey and use you in a powerful way along with whoever else that's willing to get in on this this morning. So if you're in need of salvation, if you're in need of making Jesus Lord for the very first time or to maybe rededicate your, la- your life, maybe you're here and you're saying, you know what, I, I just need a fresh start. I've got to rededicate my life this morning. Heads bowed, eyes closed. If that's you and you say, Pastor, pray for me, I want you to raise up your hand right now and I'm going to pray for you. Yes, hands going up. Any others? Yes. A lot of hands this morning. Mm. Go ahead, just raise them up. Just honor before God right here. This is between you and Him, but just let Him know, I mean business today, God. I'm doing this for you. Father, I thank You for each of these, Lord, as they're responding this morning. And they're in a very act of this, even in their response, saying, Jesus, I'm surrendering it all to You. And Lord, I thank You for the salvation, for the experience that they will have those that will be born again, those that are rededicating their life, Father, that, that you'll take this sacrificial moment in time when they're surrendering their lives to you, and, Father, that you'll use them, that you'll take them, that you'll free them from whatever hindrances, whatever bondages, and, Lord, that, that you'll clear their path and, and make that a, a straight path before them. And, Father, I thank you for that. Now, I want to lead you in a prayer, and I want to lend you some words. I can't pray this and mean this for you, But I can help you. I can lend you some words. And and as you pray this, I want you to release your faith and just trust and believe that this is is real. This is, if you do this, that God's going to do something big in your life. I want everyone to pray this out loud. Let's help these that may be praying for the first time. Let's pray together. Dear Heavenly Father, Thank you for the gift of eternal life. Thank you for sending Jesus to pay the price, the penalty for my sin. I ask you to forgive me, cleanse me, make me new. Jesus, I want you to be my Lord and Savior. Now help me to live for you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for tuning in for today's program at the Life Church. Our prayer is that you've been blessed by this morning's message and that God would continue to speak into your heart throughout the week. We are so excited about what God is doing right here at the Life Church as we connect people with God's purpose. Again, if you don't already have a church home, we invite you to join us for a visit at 3301 TLC way. We have two Sunday morning services for you to choose from 9 15 and 11 a.m. Again, our prayer is that you've been blessed and we hope you have a great week.